across the UK. Overnight with Martin Kelman. There is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico Yep, that's where we're going now, to Campeche in Mexico, and uh, it's a warm welcome once more to uh, John Bonfilio. John, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us. No problem, good evening. Yeah, Mexico in the headlines this week, Hurricane uh, Otis, uh, although it wasn't quite as bad. as you know, I remember I saw the early reports on that, and it looked like it was going to be a lot worse than it was, but still a um, hell of an aftermath and uh, tourists being uh, being flown home. Yeah, and to some extent, we're still working out quite what's happened. And the, the, the figures, the statistics are changing all the time because Acapulco completely was uh, was isolated in terms of communications and road and uh, airline transit for a good 36 hours. So it's only now, actually, it's only really today, the third day after the hurricane, that we're actually beginning to get, uh, you know, news stories, footage, photograph um, out of Acapulco and everything that's been taking place there and and reconnection as well and and sadly what we're beginning to discover is that it is um, to some extent way worse than we thought in terms of general destruction but also in terms of the social difficulties that are actually taking place there now so basically widespread looting has now moved into significant areas around uh, Acapulco in which the state government and the military haven't really got a handle uh, on things. They've got a, hell of, you know, a, a huge amount on their uh, on their plate, um, and there is destruction absolutely everywhere in, in you know what is the famed resort city mm. of, of Acapulco. It is a historic, undoubtedly a historic event, already infamous given its strength and impact, but also because scientists and forecasters got it completely wrong, and that's perhaps. What generated the most damage of all is it was utterly unforecast yeah. and it left citizens and visitors in Acapulco completely, entirely unprepared for what was coming. Yeah, I didn't realise that, you know, the aftermath has been as bad as that because, uh, like I said, the, the early reports that came in, I thought, oh, this is going to be uh, a shocking hurricane. Then they downgraded it to uh, s- tropical storm Otis. Um, but clearly it has caused... Uh, uh, I don't know. There've been <clears throat> excuse me. There've been deaths and serious injuries, and uh, I say, and as you say, it's a it's a very popular tourist area, isn't it? I presume that's some way from where you are. Yeah, I mean, it still counts as the south of Mexico, but it's the south on the other side. So that's that's the eastern Pacific, and I'm uh, and I'm in the Gulf. But actually, if you if you look at the statistics related to to Otis, it is the single strongest hurricane ever to make landfall right. in the eastern pacific it is uh, the, the hurricane that grew in strength uh, quicker than any other hurricane uh, on record you know anywhere on on earth and generally speaking when hurricanes hit land they lose strength but this one uh, for a good while didn't this continued to career through the state of guerrero as a category five uh, storm and just 12 hours before it was only actually a, a, a um, a National Hurricane Center flight that went into the hurricane on the Tuesday uh, and actually realized that the, 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 all the statistics they had, they'd got completely wrong. And at that point, started to warn everybody that this was a, a really serious, historic right. uh, weather event. But by that by that point, it was too late. Yeah. Um, more disturbing news, another school shooting in Brazil. Um, and this is not uh, by any means a unique event. 
Now, this is a, a, you know, increasingly in the news in Brazil, not just because of the thing itself, but also because of what it's pointing to. This week saw, as you say, another school shooting uh, there, a place, a country where school shootings never, never used to happen. But where in the last 18 months, there's been an average of one school shooting per month. Uh, in the U.S., we're all, you know, well versed to, to knowing and seeing copycat school shootings. But the fear in Brazil now and increasingly internationally is that this contagion is spreading outside of uh, the U.S. numbers are still way lower than in the U.S., but still stark for a country that never had them. And there's been a lot of soul searching in, in Brazil, uh, looking. Some people have been looking at the pandemic and the isolation generated by the pandemic as a causal factor. Easy online access to extremist community, increased access to weapons, uh, firearms registration registrations uh, under Jair Bolsonaro went up a remarkable 500 percent. And of course, the copycat component. But you know, this is starting to be a serious ongoing problem in Brazil rather than just a series of uh, isolated incidents. Yeah. Let's look at um, a, a sports story, a couple of sports stories now. First of all, the uh, Rugby Union World Cup, which um, England have got the bronze medal, you know, for what, for what it's worth. So we got third place. Whoa. Yes. Um, and of course, on the way, we did, uh, we did beat uh, Argentina. But all in all, I would have thought for Latin America, not traditionally a, a Rugby Union stronghold, um, quite a promising World Cup. Yeah, and I think it's one of the things that uh, the rugby union authorities are pretty sort of quietly pleased with is the fact that, I mean, we've, we, we've all known about Argentine pedigree uh, for a while, but of course, Chile and Uruguay uh, as well, you know, performing mm. fairly creditably. I mean, they got they got done uh, by by some teams, yes. but but they, they pretty much held held their own there and they basically go home, you know, with a, with a job well done. And I think even if you look at the Argentine reaction across the media and public after the this third place playoff, uh, loss, it, it suggests that they they deserve to be there. And they, I mean, look, they've made three uh, semi-finals in in the recent past, which is you know way better than than most countries outside of South Africa and uh, and New Zealand. But the press, the media tonight, after the after the match has been in Argentina has been quiet, somber, reflective. Um, uh, a lot of chat along the lines of it wasn't to be. We didn't get there. We you know we did our best. There's definitely no. Uh, you know, no issues about it being them being robbed. They bemoaned a slow start, but generally accept that uh, the, the semi-final is a good place yeah. um, for them to be. So, so no great disappointment for them to end up in fourth place. I think uh, in on the streets of Buenos Aires tonight. No, and, and and obviously people on the streets of Buenos Aires will probably have more interest in the election than in the uh, than the Rugby Union World Cup. I, I suspect. Well, so what's the what's the latest on that? There is a lot going on uh, in your, on the on the street corners and the bars in terms of topics of conversation in in Argentina at the moment. And for sure, the election is 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 another one. Uh, we we now know uh, what the runoff holds for the 19th of, of November. Sergio Massa of the of the left, uh, the Peronist left, and then of course you know our favourite uh, un- unusual, shall we say, mm. uh, figure of Javier. Uh, Millet, who we've spoken about at length, but is definitely not a standard politician in any way, shape or form. They will run off uh, in mid in the third week of, of November. And uh, yeah, uh, really, like everybody now is jostling for position to get the votes that were that were given to, under, uh, to other candidates to see where where they might end up. Seven percentage points is definitely something significant for Javier Millet to uh, to have to make up. That was the difference between Massa and uh, and him. But, mm. you know, it's uh, it's it's not completely unachievable and it, it would be um, 
a mistake perhaps to um to underestimate the the desire the need for change that uh, these four mentioned uh, individuals on the streets of Buenos Aires really really want uh, from these elections. Yeah, and uh, another uh, hero is born, uh, Argentinian football uh, hero, um, because uh, this is, well, he's, I don't know if he's Mexican or Argentinian, but uh, this is uh, Santiago Jimenez, who um, starred for Feyenoord in the, uh, in the Champions League. They beat uh, Lazio. Uh, so tell me all about, uh, about this new star, Santiago Jimenez. Yeah, questioning his uh, his nationality is definitely putting a rocket up this <laughs> up this particular story. He's de- he's definitely the new poster boy and great hope of Mexican, definitely Mexican football. Despite the fact that he was Argentine born, but he he grew up in Mexico with his father played for uh, Cruz Azul and he scored a brace for Feyenoord in their on his debut in the Champions League in their midweek three one defeat of uh, of Champions League. Interestingly, he also, uh, uh, before going to Feyenoord, grew up with and played for Cruz Azul, which is at the same time, uh, very unusually, a company which manufactures cement as well as being one of Mexico's most famous uh, football clubs. He's not exactly new. He scored the only goal in the summer's CONCACAF uh, Gold Cup final against Panama for, for Mexico, where Mexico uh, came out champions. But certainly this Champions League debut uh, in midweek and the and his impact has Mexican fans and followers purring and uh, dreaming, which is something they they do a lot and they yes. do pretty well. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, so it's a, a new Mexican star that's been born rather than a new Argentinian star. Um, that, yes, I mean, he, he, definitely. Yes, he 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 he, he was courted by Argentina for uh, for a while, but he he himself says he feels way more uh, Mexican than uh, than Argentine and, and his future. Uh, under lights is in European football for sure, but also uh, for the Mexican national side. Excellent, excellent. Uh, John, as always, thank you ever so much. Do appreciate it, and we'll talk again soon. No problem. Good man, there we go. Uh, John Bonfilio with the uh, latest from Latin America.